The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Hellions. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow. It is me as always, Mr. Maddie Treats, and I am joined by my trio's tag team partners. To my right is none other than the educator of excellence. Educator, how are you doing today? Oh man, we are ever so close to May, and we are just closely tiptoeing all the way to the end of the school year. Uh, As this is airing on the 29th, we're looking at about six and a half weeks or so of actual classroom instruction left in my school district's year, man, I am just so just itchy for summer and the weather is really starting to really push me over the edge. And I just want to get to June as quickly as possible. Yeah, I would, I would imagine the kids are ready to go. They're probably, uh, it's been a tough year. I want to say for the school district. I mean, are you assigning a lot of homework at this point of the year? I have at this point, I'm just maximizing the minutes in the classroom and trying to reduce the amount of total take home as possible. Um, my driver ed course that for every chapter, there is like a three to four page packet of questions of content. And I, the way I'm splitting everything up, they're getting most of it done in the double period class that I see them once a week. Um, so that there's not as much take home at all. No, that's, that's very good. Uh, the man to my left, on the other hand, uh, you're, you're starting to assign homework. Are you not Mr. Hellions? Why, indeed, I am. So I I think we should say something special here. Welcome to any new listeners brought over from the Ad Odds with Wrestling podcast, as this is part one of a two-part cross-network promotion going on this fine Thursday. Yes, this is the TNA Impact Rebellion pay-per-view of podcasting. Uh, We are the cliff notes you need for your homework. Um, (laughs) We want to welcome everyone over. Uh, You know, I I think this is is fun, Kevin. I mean, you won it. You did it for the pod. You did it for the rock. I did. I did. I was. I, I sent them their assignment. I heard the wails and the complaints, and it's still better than some of the stuff Adam's assigned me to watch, so feel fair. And what a great way to just cross-promote the two podcasts, both release on Thursday. You're really the number one day for wrestling podcasts. Absolutely, absolutely. It's really the only day, too, that... 
there's really not a national wrestling brand. I mean, you can count Impact. Um, is Impact Thursdays now? Impact yeah. They move? Thursday. yeah, they yeah, moved, yeah. right? Yeah, Thursday. See? Uh, so, you know, it's us. It's uh, the Impact Sandwich, if you will. Um, so for those of you that are new to the show that haven't heard us before, right now is when we tell an embarrassing story about Kevin. <laughs> Um, and we have two to choose from this week. Oh, uh, I'm going to let educator decide educator. Do you want to open door number one or door number two? Ah, this is where you insert the whole jeopardy theme here as I promise. Yeah, I do. Oh. Yeah. I do some post-production. All right. Ah. I, we're in the Thunderdome. I pipe in crowd. Notes. Oh, I love it. I think today we have to go with door number two. Ooh, all right. What was behind door number two as we open up the door? No, wait, it's a garage door that hits Kevin in the face. Kevin, what is this garage door story? You I can't believe you two don't know the story. I've never heard this no. before. Um, so basically what happened is before the podcast, uh, you know, we do a pre-production meeting, a.k.a. we shoot the breeze. And uh, Kevin said he got hit in the face with the garage door, and I have not heard the story before. So, Kevin, take it away. All right. So years ago, a, someone we all know is a contractor, and will get hired for various jobs. And years ago, before dating my now wife, before having a kid, before any of that, I was helping him out one summer. You know, odd jobs, going around, spending too much money, living a debaucherous life. One of the jobs we had is we were converting a garage into a bedroom. So laying down floor, you know, sheetrock along the walls, usual stuff like that. But one of the projects we had to do was to get rid of the spring for the garage door. There's no point having that up. You're going to seal up the garage door. So he says to me, hey, go ahead and unscrew the spring. Okay. I start unscrewing the spring. I did not realize spring which i mean I'm, I'm sure you guys and listeners have seen a garage door spring it's not like it's not a tiny thing it's a big hunk of metal there i didn't realize it was fully extended in the position it was in so me unscrewing it just caused the entire thing to come off the wall and fly right back square in between the eyes so did it leave a mark it did bruise a little bit, but honestly, I'm lucky it wasn't knocked out. I'm lucky that didn't hit my eyes. I'm lucky it didn't bust me open more, like fully extended and then unscrewing it, released all the, the pressure, the, the taut on it, and just went flying right back to my face. I, I am honestly lucky that did not do more damage than just, ow, this hurts and I feel embarrassed. So what I just heard from all of that is you were working for some guy and you took one hard in the face. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Just I would say when you're working for someone and assigned to do things that the person is aware you've never done before, that a bit of explanation of, hey, you might want to do this first so you don't hurt yourself would be in order. Um, but let's be honest here. With the gentleman that was in charge, he didn't know what he was doing either. That is so... an excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't uh, anything like that. So, Kevin, I have a, I have another question for you, and this actually leads to the story that was behind door number one. Um, so, you got hit in the face. Did you ice it down? How did you maintain it? It's not like we had anything there. This was this was a very odd house. This is a house that 
in the basement had one of those toilets that's up on another level or like a riser in the middle of the room for some reason. Oh. I never understood. I've seen many toilets like that in my life. I've never understood why the toilets raised. But it was okay. just the whole the whole thing was odd. So no, there's no ice or anything. Maybe there was a beer because, you know, that's what you do. I put on my head for a little bit. Okay. Uh, what has worked for me in the past is putting a little bit of lotion on my face, rubbing it down. But don't use exfoliating lotion, Kevin. No. Um, have you ever had a incident with exfoliating lotion? I cannot tell that story on this podcast as it is currently. We rated. have a new. We have a new audience. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was that was number one. I pick one. <laughs> I pick one. Come on, baby. I mean, you're amongst friends. Kevin. I not tell that story. On Educator, would you like to tell Kevin's story for him? I, I think his version is going to be much more apropos than the retelling. Okay. Well, this podcast will not continue. We're going to hijack Glow, <laughs> the podcast, until Kevin tells the exfoliating story. That is going to be my new uh, dollar amount on Patreon. I will tell that story <laughs> to people that donate a certain amount to the show. How much money would it take for 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 you to tell that story on the podcast? I, I will Venmo you money right now. <laughs> See, why tell it once for all the listeners? I think for like uh, 25 bucks each, I'll tell any listener the story. Come on, man. Can't, we got a whole category of new listeners here. We're cross-branding, and you're holding out. You're holding out right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at you. You're holding out. I'm calling you out on it. It's foliating. He's so uncomfortable right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Just because things come in similar looking bottles does not mean they have similar results. Is that a tease for next week? Will you tell the podcast? No, I'm not telling it on the podcast. Why not? You know, you're no fun. No fun anymore. You used to be fun, Kevin. Now you're not fun. Time to find a third guy. My boss yeah. sometimes listens to this. And I'm trying. It's, it's still a new job. I'm trying to be respectable. All right, you disgust me. It's a new territory. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got a job out in this territory, and then you go to the new one. Um, uh, just so you guys know, my mom tore her meniscus as well. Are you kidding me? Well, oh my so. gosh. That's what I learned when I went home for my uncle's funeral. So maybe I'll see her in physical therapy next week. Uh, no, she. They had her start physical therapy early because she works at the hospital, so oh, she got yeah. it quick. Oh, yeah, she got it. So yeah. she's been trying it. She, she has. I think she goes tomorrow. Technically, she, I'll probably edit this out, but she goes tomorrow for her um, to to see what they're going to do. Yeah, my initial consult is on the fourth of May. Yeah, uh, or fifth of May. I'm sorry, Wednesday the fifth. So, ugh. so Kevin, you're not going to tell the story. No. Why do you not want to tell a story about how? Never. <laughs> Allegedly. Let's just say. Layers of skin. Peel off like a banana. Like a banana. Literally a banana. If it's a banana. Kevin, you ever peeled a banana from a. <laughs> from the stem? Or do you do it from the tip? Or from the tip, right. Which Which way do you prefer? Start at the base? I mean the uh, the stem? I peel from 
not the stem. I peel from the bottom. The bottom. It's supposed to be that it leaves less of the strands behind if you peel from the bottom. Yeah. It's too, it's too much going down at the stem. Yeah. It's other things. It's bunches. I can't believe you won't tell that story. Like, I mean, that's very disappointing. I, look at my notes for today. It says mom's knee, Kevin, Chinese walk, and exfoliator. Exfoliating. <laughs> Those are my notes, guys. You can go to Kevin's Patreon and look them up. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get to what the people came? Let's give the people what they want, right? Is that what they say when the best friends hug? You got to give the people what they want. Why don't we get right to Glow, episode number nine, Nanachka's Reign, part nine. Um, a, a little foreshadowing, guys. I actually went through to look to see, one, how many uh, episodes there are, and the name of the episode changes in like three to four episodes. Yes, it does. Wow. A little foreshadowing. Must be we have a change in a, in a potential champion coming up at some point. Yeah, that's the question. Is maybe they just change the name or Nanachka loses the crown? We will find out. But if you're going to start anywhere at Glow, you start in the women's locker room. Um, it's the same format we've been seeing for weeks. Uh, we start in the women's locker room. We run down the card. We go to a shampoo commercial. We have Tiffany's Glow Gossip. And then we do our Glow Intro Wrap. And that leads us to match number one on the card, which is Dementia taking on Babe, the farmer's daughter. Uh, anything that we have seen different in any of this? Nothing so far other than the in-ring action between the two ladies and the crazy gimmick that Dementia is uh, bringing with her this week. This week, she has a stuffed toy taking a little big bird to the ring with her axe. And playing the little stalking Jason Voorhees, Babe herself, trying to uh, get the affections of ring announcer and uh, in ring uh, uh, ring announcer himself, Johnny C. Tries to give a teddy bear to Johnny C, but unfortunately, dementia has other plans. Uh, I love the whole plush thing for, for both women in this. But earlier, for the locker room and the ref... Godiva calls the ref a peeping Tom. Did you know, a little history lesson, that the peeping Tom story and the Godiva story are the same story? When Lady Godiva went through town naked on a horse, the entire town was instructed not to look at her, except for one person who was dubbed peeping Tom. I did not know that. So both legends are from the same tale. Can I ask a question? Are you considered a peeping Tom if you walk right into the locker room? I've always thought peeping Tom was like sneaking a look. I, I, I agree. But maybe if he's implying I'm coming in here in business, but really he's trying to sneak a peek too, he's still a peeping Tom. I, I call that pulling a Trump. Because <laughs> didn't he do that at the beauty pageants? The underage beauty pageant too, Ugh. I think. Wasn't it? The, the Miss yeah. Teen or whatever? We are live from Epstein Island here. There it is. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I was just curious why 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 uh, I wouldn't classify that as people, Tom. But interesting factoid, Kevin. You did it, man! Yeah. Dropping some knowledge. No, I you went know. to school too. It. It's almost tough. like the layers of your brain skin are peeling off. <laughs> peeling off <laughs> layers of the brain. I like you know? it. Yeah. All right, why don't we get right into match number one, Educator, 
Are you going to break down this one, or are you going to pass it to Mr. Hellions? Oh, are we going to do the hot tag to start the show? I don't know. You never told me what we're doing. So. <laughs> Not today. All right. So the match starts with Babe in the ring being interviewed by ring announcer Johnny C. Babe is trying to get Johnny C's attention. He ends up giving her, uh, uh, she ends up giving him a teddy bear, but dementia was just not having any of that. She ends up stealing the teddy bear from Johnny C's hands and starts ripping it apart and shredding it. Babe becomes very frustrated and ends up climbing to the top rope and actually hitting a high cross body onto dementia to essentially start the match and attempts for a pinfall attempt, but we get an, a two count from the referee. Dementia recovers, hits a corner Irish whip, ends up doing like a sledgehammer-like forearm and a monkey flip to Babe to toss her towards the other side of the ring. We see Dementia slamming Babe's head into the ring canvas multiple times. We see Dementia capable of doing a scoop body slam to Babe to lay her out in the ring. Babe ends up eventually uh, recovering and rolling over towards Dementia's corner where she had left her Big Bird plush and steals that Big Bird uh, plush and rolls out of the ring and gives it to Johnny C, who was sitting at ringside at the announce booth. Dementia goes back out of the ring and ends up stealing it back and ends up using that Big Bird plush to choke Babe with basically like a rear naked chokehold. The referee did not do a disqualification. The match just continued during the chokehold itself. Babe eventually does escape that chokehold by doing base, a snap nair takeover. She ends up hitting a running drop kick to knock Dementia off of her feet in the mat. Babe climbs to the top rope, and unfortunately, I'm not sure what she was trying to do. It ended up being like a botched move. I don't know if it was meant to be a double foot stomp or if it was going to be like a split leg drop, and she kind of bailed on the maneuver. But J Babe jumps off the top rope hits a very weak missing stomp onto dementia and then kind of, you know, flusters it and does a weak looking splash, but ends up getting the one, two, three pinfall in the corner, even though dementia's foot was very close, if not on the rope, the winner of the match with a weak splash is babe, the farmer's daughter. So we, I mean, we've said for weeks now how amazing dementia is as a character and really this whole plushy stuffed animal thing adds something else to it. It was just fun. It was entertaining. Um, the, when she attacks babes one, two, like I honestly thought we we're going to have a stuffed animal war in the ring. One of them was a big bird one. One of them goes flying. Like, I don't think I ever saw it again afterwards. It's just, it's someone doing all they can to get their character over, move it forward and all, despite, and, and we've complained all the time, and even educated for what's going on here in this match, the lack of some wrestling talent and skills here from many of the women. But you know what? Babe is growing on me as a talent, not as a wrestler, but as a talent for her gimmick, for really playing up to the audience and everything. Even there was uh, the spot last week where she was chasing after Gumlina. Like, she is another one that really is always playing to the audience. Remember, she's playing a role. Remember, she's always on stage, really hamming it up and enjoying the hell out of it. Like, cert certain people, and I think we see a few more on here, are just very forgettable. <laughs> you know, talent-wise, character-wise, everything. But honestly, Babe's grown on me. Better Farmer's Daughter than Sally as well both has character and wrestler. <laughs> All right, Kevin, I got to ask you, 
I need your definitive farmer's daughter ranks. Okay. All right. Who's number one? Babe. Okay, who's number two? Sally. Who's number three? Uh, Daisy from the other segment where they were dressing her up. Okay, and who's number four? Who am I forgetting? Shocking, shocking they came in at number four. Who am I forgetting? See, they sang the national anthem. Oh, a Canadian geez. stampede. They were the Farmer's Daughter music group. There it is. From I season, completely lost season it one of In Your House. Oh, God. See, that's funny to people that have listened from the start. So if you're new to the show, go download the old episode. Which should be everyone. Yeah. Or just you could download just the Canadian stampede episode. And yeah, the Farmer's Daughters. You think they have the same act? Do you think that it was Babe and... Uh, Babe and uh, Sally, Sally yeah. were the singers. Well, I mean, Glow so far, we, I mean, I've just assumed, except for certain obvious ones like Habana, that they're all from the United States. But you could be from a Canadian farm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's just kind of interesting. The farm universe. Multiverse. If you will. Farm multiverse. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we followed it up with Dr. Feel and Grope. Um, he's doing something with Major Tanya. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just when you guys started to go through these, uh, the next few segments, are you guys watching this on uh, 2B TV? Or yes, I am. Did TV. you guys, is, was the audio sync like crazy off? The audio, I, I believe singers? what they, I believe what they do is they, they have the music start like it was naturally, and then I don't think they have the licensing for the music, so they overlay it by like five seconds, so it's all jumbled. But it's there's one original track, and then they throw another musical track off over it because it's been happening the entire season Ugh. for me on Tubi. Do you I, have you guys been watching on Pluto? I've been watching it on Tubi the whole time, but I just never really brought it up. I thought maybe it was just an issue with maybe my TV and my sound system, but I just for this episode it just no noticeably was so crazy off yeah uh, i was okay with all of it except for zelda's and it yeah. just sounded like the track was playing twice like treat said like five seconds later here's the second audio track layered right on top of it her speaking though was clear right it just we had two things of music going on but zelda singers is the only one that just oh geez what in the heck is happening here Right. Yeah, I will. I will do God's work, and I will watch on Pluto TV next week I to mean, tell if there's a difference. Nice, because it's been the same way on on two two by the entire time I've been watching. So, but let's go through the four segments that are kind of jammed in between. Uh, we got Doctor Feel and Grope uh, dealing with Major Tanya. We got Mountain Fiji and Zelda doing some makeup. We got a shampoo commercial, and then of course we get Zelda's zingers. Um, this leads us to match number two on the card which is Major Tanya and Ninachka taking on Thunderbolt and Lightning. A um, couple questions for you guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How much, uh, this is for Kevin. All right, Kevin. How much did you love the dancing splash that Ninachka and Ta uh, Major Tanya do? I love it. I don't know what L that's called, that that Russian squat dancing. L wow, that sounds living, awful. Living the gimmick. <laughs> Have you ever tried to do it, too? It's not easy. Uh, I'm not going to be doing much squatting at all with the torn meniscus these days. So I mean, I'm good. Kevin, that's how he that's how he tore his meniscus. Yes. <laughs> Him Jeez. and my mom were practicing. They both tore their right meniscus. It happens. Oh, I forgot uh, the yearly Russian days 
festival is coming up in our hometown. Yes. Early early June. Oh, my favorite's the vodka stand. Ooh. So. Uh, so what did you guys think of this match? Always fun to see uh, Nanashka in action. I, I really think anytime that she's in the ring with Major Tanya, she does overshadow Major Tanya, but Major Tanya does absolutely hold her own for her ability in the ring. I love the fact that a lot of this match is them taking advantage. These The, the Russian girls are visibly physically bigger and stronger than Thunderbolt and Lightning and their capability of essentially just tossing them around back and forth. At one point, they were like playing catch, throwing one of the faces kind of like back and forth or swinging one around and then tossing to each other. It's always fun to see that dynamic of the bigger, stronger team kind of like poking fun and making fun of the smaller, lighter weight you know, opponents. Crazy potential botch that could have happened in this match. Uh, where we end up seeing the Russians almost do the the Beverly Brothers press into the big face plant spike and how one of the uh, face teams almost got tossed out of the ring. But luckily she was caught and kind of like dragged back in. But fun match for what it was. And I definitely got a kick out of the finish. I mean, Nachka is by far the best talent on the roster. But you're right. It seems like Tanya just learns from her, is is picking stuff up through osmosis. Like she gets better and better every time she's out there, just being with her. Thunderbolt and Lightning, I very much like. Um, just you know, high energy, perky, you know, kind of silly. Really enjoying their gimmicks. But honestly, you could put the two of them as the cheerleader gimmick instead of Cheyenne Sharon, Vicky Victory. I think it would have worked just as well for for all four of them if you switched it up. Uh. Question for you guys: Do you think that uh, the the ladies themselves came up with the gimmicks, or was there a box of gimmicks that they just pulled? Half and half, box of gimmicks. Yeah. But someone like Nanachka walks in, you're getting the big Russian gimmick. But other I mean, ones, you got you got to figure she's obviously a play off of you know Rocky Four and Dolph Lundgren's wife in that movie. Uh, what was her name? Natasha, wasn't it? So Nanachka, Natasha. I believe I could be wrong on the character's name. Uh, I probably am knowing me, but I mean, she's, she's a practically clone look of the Brigitte Nielsen character from the Rocky four movie. Uh, the gymnastics background that it's very obvious that she has, uh, it, it has to be a combination of gymnastics and dancing. You can see like the, the ballerina like moves that she does with the, the, the running jumps and so on in the ring itself. So, very, very capable in the ring itself and applying her background in gymnastics. It's just, it's entertaining uh, to see, watch her in, in the ring. And it's, it's a unique what if situation. What if she could have become more involved? What if, you know, she signed with WWF and Vince McMahon had her, you know, training with Sherry or, or you know, feuding with Sherry? What if she, they could have overhauled her and she was Dusty Rhodes's, you know, second in the ring as opposed to Sapphire, but they overhauled Nanachka and had a much more capable performer than what, uh, what was it, Juanita Wright as Sapphire was. What could have been, you know, come more of that feud between Dusty and Macho Man, perhaps, you know, lots of what ifs, you know, if we were to go back and rebook and, and reimagine what could have been late 80s, early 90s WWF. 
just to double back quick, you will never guess Brigitte Nielsen's character's name in Rocky Four. Okay. Yeah, I, I won't Lud- even take a chance. Ludmila. Ludmila. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ludmila. Ne- yeah. Never in a million years. Nope. Probably not. <laughs> well, that's why they don't call them the educator for nothing. <laughs> if you want movie stuff, go to Sequel Quest. There you go. We're not. Yeah. We're not the movie. We're, we're not, not the movie, movie podcast. Gurus. They do it much, much better much than we better. do. Put them yeah. over in a heartbeat. For I love that show. Absolutely. Plus the Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat episode, fantastic. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so anyways, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this match? So I, the beginning of the match, we get a little comedy spoof here where Ninochka is making fun of the Faces team, saying that she didn't realize that the circus was in town. We see Lightning start the match with a drop-toe hold onto Major Tanya. Major Tanya's struggling to stay standing and not being dropped down from the toehold itself. So Thunderbolt comes up from behind and drop kicks Major Tanya from behind to help uh, take her down to the mat. We see Lightning with a monkey flip and attempt for a crossbody off the top rope. But Tanya, just being bigger and stronger, just basically catches her and tosses her off to the side. We see Ninochka get tagged in. And she does a slingshot suplex attempt over two ropes and kind of tosses lightning off to the side where Thunderbolt now gets tagged in. And she ends up getting caught Thunderbolt in an upside down bear hug by Nanachka. Thunderbolt is able to escape and counters with a monkey flip of her own and hits a running drop kick to cause Nanachka to get taken down to the mat. Uh, Ninochka is able to catch Thunderbolt and almost, uh, or the Russians do a, like a tag team maneuver where they catch Thunderbolt and almost a Beverly brothers, double team spike maneuver that almost tosses Thunderbolt over, over the top rope out of the ring. But luckily on the ringside apron, major Tani is able to hold on and stop that momentum from her falling out. And they end up spiking her over, uh, the top rope abdomen first instead. We see Thunderbolt eventually tag back in and or get involved in the match. Thunderbolt and Lightning, they get together and they double team back body drop Ninochka. We see Thunderbolt hit two leaping uh, leg drops and she eventually tags Lightning in. Lightning catches Major Tanya, who gotten involved in the match and tagged in in a head scissors. Tanya is able to overcome and she does a handspring into a, a dr- an elbow drop onto Thunderbolt. Tanya ends up ramming both of Thunderbolt and Lightning's heads together as they try to do a double-team maneuver against her. Nanachka tags back into the match and climbs to the top rope to just to show her athletic ability and does a, a, an impressive-looking backflip off of the top rope, lands squarely on her feet to show her athleticism. The Russians do a scoop slam to take both of the faces down in the ring. And they proceed to do the Russian squat dance for a moment or two and eventually each hitting leaping splash and get a double pin over the faces. One, two, three, your winners, Major Tanya and Ninochka. I mean, great use for the size for all the women. Ninochka and Tanya being so much bigger than Thunder and Thunderbolt and Lightning there. Um, really what it is for a glow version, it's a road warriors match. <laughs> Nanajka and Tanya just coming in and destroying them. And I mean, you got to give Thunderbolt and lightning like a little bit of offense, but really it was a massacre out there for them. 
them tossing a, a full-grown woman there and educator was saying on previous episode how small thunderbolt and lightning look like i mean they look like kids out there pretty much in this match just getting destroyed for it um fantastic work though like it's annoying match because it would have been really interesting to see what could have again and i say every week but what could have been done with more training and and i know you guys have said oh i'm paying more attention to to long-term globe booking and it's just not a thing i've narrowed it down though more none of the matches have a match psychology going on like there's no build up for a match a story in a match you know uh get heat there's not even selling a move some of them are better than others this one thunderbolt and lightning you know get beat up pretty good but women keep bouncing back like oh it's my turn to do a move just no selling everything that previously happened to them whatever attack happened anything there's not like a build up to a pinfall for any of it nothing i think that's what's really driving me nuts for a lot of the matches here honestly i would have had uh Dinaj Kantani come out, absolutely destroy these two for the start, have a bit of celebrating, showboating, give Thunder and Bolt and Lightning a, a small window to get a little bit of heat back, and then the Russians overpower them again. Fun match for the destruction of it. Feel bad for you know my superheroes there. Cute little gimmick there for them. But a great showcase for Dinochka. For, for our friends over at Odds and anyone coming along to just listen for it, this is why we love Nanachka. She's just a beast out here. Not a beastie. Kevin, I don't think it's a, it's a fact of you, you know, looking for the long-term booking and stuff like this. I just think the way these matches were shot and put together, I mean, we talked about it. There isn't storylines really carrying over from episode to episode. It's just kind of everything is cookie-cutter, mad libs, insert thing here, insert thing there. Yeah, it's absolutely cookie cutter. You can tell, especially in the next episode, like it, the, like matches are pieced together. They're not even from the same taping. It's so obvious, and the differences in the crowd. We've got one match uh, where the place is practically empty, and then a match or two later on the same show within the card, it, the place is jam packed, and and the crowd is just going absolutely nuts nuts they're going back and forth i it's it it's weird to see in the tag they're not acknowledging her really as being the glow champion or the you know the glow crown holder or whatsoever she doesn't even come to the ring it's like there's two different personas as a singles wrestler she's the champion but when she's tagging with major tanya there's no reference whatsoever with her as you know being the glow crown champion. Same thing in a, in a later uh, later in this episode, we're going to talk about one wrestler when she's one of the ladies as a singles, she portrays one type of character or gimmick, but when she tags up, she completely portrays a very different type of character, and it's just the it's weird the dynamic that it shifts back and forth between being a singles versus being a tag. I, I have a question later for a match about I, character identity in a tag match. Um, I also, you know, you mentioned Nanachka doesn't come out with the glow crown as champion sometimes. It, it reminds me in a way when WCW would just tape a ton of shows at Disney and either people that were champ wouldn't come out with the title or someone who wasn't a champ yet on TV would come out with the title because of the order of the taping. Like, 
we've had matches start with people in the ring or or their rap goes over it. You could have had someone else come out with the glow crown that they decided to not air a title change for and just, you know, run it from there. Ninochka could have already lost the title when this match was taped, but because of the airing, she's still champ, though. You just you just need that one voiceover guy there throwing on his dumb jokes and trying to make sense of it. No, yeah. not me. Terrible, Kevin. Terrible. <laughs> All right, so we follow that up with Godiva's Bare Facts, and then we get MTV's Glow Connection, and that leads us to match number three on the card, which is Tiffany Mellons um, with a butler. She's mm-hmm. got a butler now, guys. Jeeves. Um, and Jeeves, she's taking on... Jeeves the butler. <laughs> Jeeves the butler, and she's taking on Chris Statlander. Oh, you shut your mouth. That's right. You uh, shut your uh, mouth. About the same working ability, actually. No. <laughs> wow. Hot takes from the Because I have, uh, like, I am just. No, I'm uh, right here. I'm, I'm, I'm a like, big fan of Statlander. No. Uh, this, here's that's... why. Here's why. Here's why I just make that comparison. Here comes Star. She's a wrestler from another galaxy. And there's no backstory. They don't explain anything. They just put her on the show. They just put her on the show. She's just a glow girl from the cosmos. Chris Stantlander is an alien with certain powers from the other galaxy that she's from. Star really... Can I ask you a question, Kevin? How do you Mm -hmm. know that? Because I pay attention to everything that she says. What segment was that on on AEW? Uh, Dark. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'm going to watch some GD YouTube show. Star seems like it's going more of an astrology route, though. Like the, you know, she's she's studying the positions of the constellations, and that's where her promos are coming from. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't paying attention to her promo ability. Well, there wasn't much of one. <laughs> it's glow. So, um, so what did you what did you guys think of uh, Tiffany uh, Tiffany Mellons here uh, with the Butler Jeeves who does not play a factor in it? Uh, Reginald does not play a factor in this match. This is a tough match to get through. Let me tell you. Uh, there, I'm wondering if there's a reason why we're waiting until episode nine to see the debut of this character or the, no, the active, active participation of Star. We saw started. her once before, but she didn't have all the, like, she looks different, though. She didn't have all the paint and all. She looked like she just came from the gym previously, but now she looks like she's actually done up. We've actually, I've reviewed a match with Star in it. <laughs> she was that memorable. Wow. Did he really? I did not. I thought this was a new person. No, I, I remember the only other one-off I remember was Stinky, and we'll talk about Stinky next episode, next half of this episode. The only one-off I remember, I don't. Only remember, I only remember Stinky. To me, this I, is a debut. I swear. I mean, Evangelina was, uh, she's only had one or two. Right. Stinky's had one. To me, this is a uh, first time. I could have swore this was the first time we saw Star. Well, anyways, Kevin, you figure out if this is the first time we see Star. Why don't we have the educator break down the match and then we will throw it to Mr. Hellions after. There we go. So we see the start of the match where Tiffany gets into the ring. She's got a copy of the Wall Street Journal. She's kind of, you know, sitting in the corner. She's going through, and apparently she's super excited. She's found out that her stocks, of the very stocks that she's put money into, have gone up substantially. So she's super excited that she can sell those for more money. 
star in a retort botches her promo saying that Tiffany's stocks will plunge deeper than uh, deeper than her overall neckline. Whatever, you know, making fun of her, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Tiffany responds by slapping star in the face and does uh, an arm drag to essentially start the match. We see Tiffany running into a back elbow and Star ends up catching Tiffany with a big scoop slam, but turns it into basically a body press flapjack and dropping her in the middle of the ring. We see Star with two very back, weak backhanded forearms to kind of knock Tiffany off of her feet onto the mat. We see Star again with some weak choking attempts that just it did not look well at all on TV. Tiffany eventually does escape and does a couple of back forearms. Uh, she ends up going to the second rope and hits a back forearm to knock Star off of her feet. We see Star at one point taunting the crowd after she's laid Tiffany into the corner and put a couple of body shots in and a couple of weak forearms. Star ends up doing a double leg takedown and then does a catapult to toss Tiffany uh, across the ring towards the other corner. We see Star with multiple head rams into the top turnbuckle to Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany Mellon and then hits a weak splash, gets a two count from the referee. We see Star with an Irish whip and another scoop slam attempt into a second flapjack on dropping Tiffany on her belly. Star does an Irish whip, but in the middle of Tiffany bouncing off of the ropes, she just abruptly stops and decides to pick up and scoop slam uh, Star. Then the match just abruptly ends after that scoop slam where Tiffany has an awkward pinfall attempt first that star presses out of. And then Tiffany readjusts her body and lays awkwardly in a different position over star. And now the referee counts a one, two, three pinfall victory. Your winner, Tiffany Mellon. Okay. So star did wrestle previously. Were were me and Matt on that episode? She wrestled Cheyenne Cher on episode four. No, I did not. Did not realize that. I just thought she was a jobber. Well, I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, she cannot cut a promo save her life. There, she really stumbled over it pretty bad, and and I'm shocked that uh, there's not much a glow that has retapes or try again. Like you could have redone a promo. You could have had her do it again. Even the raps, though, they don't seem to give the girls a second shot at recording it. Um, you, you're right, though. There's uh, Tiffany's does her job well, but her job is not to be like the best wrestler on the show. Her job is to be, you know, kind of sex pot, you know, style. Look at me and all, which is where the plunging neckline comes joke comes from, I guess. Uh, Star though with a amazing Judas effect elbow there during the match, just just as smooth and crisp as Jericho himself with it. Um, I don't even know what they're doing at the end though. Tiffany seems lost. Star is not helping at all. There's no ring general. There's no one to really call the match. There's no one to once they get lost to get them back on track. Not even, you notice the referees just kind of stand in the background and aren't even like participating with check and moves or holds or anything. They just kind of wait and then wake up when there's a three count. But speaking of three count though, I still know what the pin was. She's just like sprawled across. Tiffany sprawls across star, like a, like a dog jumping up on you on the couch. 
Like, it's not really a pinfall. She's just laying and spreading out like she's ready to lay down for the night, not like she's trying to win a match here. It's very, very odd. And, I, I mean, looking into stuff, there's a couple girls that caught on quickly, but there's really no veterans that you could put people in here with to just learn and get better. They're going to, you're only going to be as good as the talent you're against. And they're all kind of, you know, 90% of them are on the same level here. So they're already reached their max. So before the match, I shouldn't even ask these questions. Tiffany Mellons is reading the wall street journal. I mean, is Mm -hmm. she she supposed to be the face, right? And she's the one talking about how she's got all this money now. I really think that the both of the Park Avenue knockout girls, they're, they're, they just their demeanor, they could go back and forth between babyface and heel, just depending upon how much uh, you know they want to, you know, be mean over their glitz and glamour and their money that they all have. Right now, I think they're just filling the role of being a, a face tag team because, in addition to Thunderbolt and Lightning. There really aren't too many other very well established tag teams with at least decent workers in them. I mean, we have Justice and Liberty. Eh. You got the Farmer's Daughters and Thunderbolt and Lightning. So you're trying to balance they're trying to balance things out. But I mean, at some point, I honestly just not knowing the background of Glow and whether or not there are face turns or heel turns or anything that happens. Um, I really could see how one or if not both of them end up becoming heels at some point and just and still portray the rich, snobby, you know, ladies. But I think it's the I'm rich gimmick that has them booked as faces. So this is 80s greed is good, excess is best attitude for things. So if you've got money, you're someone to, to champion and to be behind and a role model, even though they're just as mean and nasty as the heels are to people. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on where, I don't know, it's just things seem to be reversed. It's probably just a, 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 um, a sign of the times then, you know, in the the late 80s, obviously, the time of excess and stuff like that. And greed is good, all that, all that sort of stuff. So, Well, also, I mean, to go back to our cut short Saturday night's main event, hey, we've had a heel turn, we've had a face turn. Why are the heel or face? Oh, because they're fighting against people on the other side now, but they're in-ring moves and attitudes are still the same they're just fighting against different people so why is tiffany and, and her partner roxy x or esther faces well because they fight against the eels all right i guess that's enough yeah there's not there's not much to it so uh we follow that up with the beasties beanery segment and then of course another shampoo commercial then we get a mountain fiji dream sequence with rocky aster and that leads to match number four on the card which is cheyenne share and Vicky Victory um, taking on the West Coast connection of Broadway Rose and Hollywood in a Texas Tornado match. Best girls on the card. Big caviar right there. That was clapping. That wasn't. So, Kevin, oh. Kevin, I will set you up for this, okay? Because clapping this or is, flapping? Oh, sorry. This is this is part one of the at odds crossover. Mm-hmm. Would you say the East Coast, the East West Coast connection? Broadway Rose and Hollywood are the face of the women's division. The face? Um, I think the only competition might be Cheyenne Cher for being the face. Guys, I've told you since day one, that's Bailey's mom. 
It's not shiny. I think, I think Beastie, because uh, we've discussed her outfit before in previous episodes, might be the long face of... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> the hell was that? that was... We adding Beastie impressions in with your MTV impressions? We do. Yeah, he's changed all. It's the same thing all the time. It's the same. They could be showing us literally the same jokes every week, and I, and I don't, we think I don't know. We wouldn't honestly. Just the the random locker room banter. It could be, you know, as they're doing their makeup. It's basically, our show. Yeah, like people, you know, it's the same episode every week. I mean, I send out the same tweet every morning. So, so I guess. <laughs> So my question that I have, uh, and you guys tell me, what are your thoughts of the fact that Cheyenne Cher, as a singles, she portrays the Native American, I, I you know, gimmick? I, I I hate the commentary calling her the Indian, the Indian, the Indian. It's just terrible. Uh, what you could get away with back in '89 versus what's PC today. But then she plays a very very different character in this cheerleaders gimmick and you see at the start of the match they they're obviously very gymnastic in terms of you know their capabilities in the ring it's just it's so different looking at the gear and the gimmick that she portrays as a tag versus then she goes back to in the next episode the native american uh indian gimmick what are your thoughts on that just bouncing back and forth two very very different gimmicks just depending upon if you're being a singles or a tag it's like a high school play that's being produced that has 20 characters, but only 19 kids tried out for it. So someone has to play two roles as long two as very, they're not on stage. Roles, right? Yeah, as long as they're not on stage at the same time. But also you're asking about, you know, we were talking earlier, do they just draw, you know, draw gimmicks out of a hat or is it for something? You sit down with the woman playing shy and share and say, okay, tell us about yourself. Oh, you're Indian and you were sorry native american native people and we're cheerleader in high school hmm what can we do with this well we can't find a way to combine them into one gimmick without being even more offensive than we are so i guess you're doing two gimmicks here it's just it it, it is odd for it i got nothing to add <laughs> so uh anyways educator why don't you go ahead and break down this one so Kevin must have just been in a very happy place watching the start of this match. We see uh, the cheerleaders, Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Cher. They do an official uh, cheerleading routine, warm up with their skirts on, their pom-poms, do an official dancing uh, gimmick themselves. Once they finish, then all of a sudden we see the East-West Coast connection. They get in the middle of the ring with their, their kind of like secondhand made ghetto Newspaper pom pom. Broadway Rose and Hollywood do their own uh, cheerleader dance where they end up spelling out the word party, P A R T Y. And the crowd actually seemed to be more into Broadway Rose and Hollywood's cheer than the actual cheerleaders. I think the cheerleaders actually got booed by a good chunk of the crowd to start. Uh, both of the face cheerleader ladies not too happy with Broadway Rose and Hollywood, so they end up starting off the match by drop kicking the heel girls from behind right as they ended up finishing their routine. Vicky Victory does a monkey flip to Hollywood. 
Uh, essentially, this is a Texas Tornado tag match, so all the girls are just allowed in the ring, and it's first pinfall, first submission uh, that happens. So there's just lots of action going on back and forth as the girls are paired up. Uh, the heels eventually end up hitting a running clothesline, knocking both Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Cher down to the mat. We see at one point Vicky Victory with a head scissors that ends up taking Hollywood backwards over the top rope and onto the floor. Vicky Victory and Hollywood are now fighting each other on the floor at ringside. Broadway Rose ties up Cheyenne Cher in the ropes in the ring, kind of like Andre the Giant style, where Cheyenne Cher's arms are trapped in the ropes. This gives Broadway Rose the ability to now go out to ringside and her and Hollywood now double-team Vicky Victory on the floor while Cheyenne Cher is stuck in the ropes. Eventually, Cheyenne Cher escapes, comes out to the ring, or comes out to ringside, and now all four girls are essentially brawling out on the floor. Two are on the near the hard camera side, two are on the opposite side. Eventually, Cheyenne Cher and Hollywood do get back into the ring. Hollywood hits a running bulldog onto Cheyenne Cher. After Hollywood hits the running bulldog onto Cheyenne Cher, Hollywood does a double leg scoop takedown and ends up picking up Cheyenne Cher and goes all Cesaro style with a big giant swing, twisting her around a few times. The cheerleaders do eventually recover and get the upper hand and both end up doing a double leg uh, flip over jackknife into a pinfall and both of the heels are pinned uh, one, two, three, and the cheerleaders of Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Cher end up victorious in the match. All right. It's been a little while since I've been the lustful one on the show. Do you need me to hit sexy music, Kevin, for this? Oh, maybe. Okay. Okay. Do you guys remember when Melina was very popular in WWE? And oh, do there, I? <laughs> and there were many pictures of her entrance that are not you know, necessarily appropriate or safe for work. I gotta imagine there's pick, someone has pictures somewhere of this match for the same reasons. The the Make-A-Wish spot, um, figure fours even, and especially the, the jackknife pins with the bridge to end the match. Someone has inappropriate pictures out there for this match. Someone. And if you're that someone, please contact me, Mass Library. <laughs> but I... Alright, so to be serious, though, I think it was a lot of fun, I think, doing this Texas Tornado. Not... I mean, Glow kind of has, like, Lucha tag rolls anyways. But just to have them go nuts, running in and out, um, Hollywood absolutely loves her job. Like, she is always on, always having a blast there. Shine, share, and Vicky, like, share more than Victory. It, it seemed less of a wrestling match, more of a tumbling competition. Like, you know, someone taking their daughter to gymnastics class and just seeing what they can do out there on the mats instead of an actual wrestling match here. Um, and I'm shocked. Maybe it's 80s, maybe there's a waiver, maybe it's the casino crowd. A lot of wrestlers getting thrown into the crowd, literally into the crowd and right into fans' laps. And, and yeah, you got like a hundred something pound girl being tossed at you. Like, it's not going to hurt as much as, you know, Sultan coming after Educator at a house show. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Definitely different sizes, people. Well, <laughs> I mean, still, people are a litigious bunch. Like, I got to imagine there was something like, this is an okay spot to do, or this is a regular or signed a waiver, or, you know, we'll give them free shirts at that or something. Like, I can't imagine they just did this to random fans for it. 
but I, I think all of them, honestly, it's probably matched this show. <laughs> I don't know how high that bar set for it. But I think they all had a lot of fun. I certainly had fun watching it. My favorites in the match here. I think at odds we'll find some favorites in this match as well. Do you think if... Okay, so going back to Educate's first question. Would it be any better if, like... And not to do cultural appropriation, but, like, if Vicky Victory had the Indian gimmick as as well as Shine Share? Like, if they both did? Or no? I, I just... I, I'm not sure. Um, do you think it was... Do you think there actually is Native American cultural background to this actress, whoever yes. played um, Okay. I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a matter of, like, we've got checkboxes and we're trying to cover all cultural aspects on this TV show so that we're trying to include as much as possible um, here. All right. Her real name is D. Choctoot. Okay. So she, yeah, I mean, she has a Native American name for sure. So, I mean, yeah, you can, I think she's okay playing that gimmick. It's horrible as it is at times, but at least it's genuine from her. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, if she's the only one with that in her genetic DNA, then yeah, you can't do a tag team for it. Maybe, maybe, and honestly, maybe she offered. Maybe she's like, listen, if I'm on my own, I'd like to be a good representation of my heritage because there isn't a whole lot of it out there. Right. I found her on Instagram, by the way. I think it's private. It is private. Yeah, she hasn't accepted yet. I add that to the list of girls that don't accept my Instagram follows. You guys have way too much time. All right, Kevin, we need the definitive (laughs) ranks of girls that don't accept your Instagram follows. (laughs) Number one. Pam's mom. Yep, yep, Shine Share. Number two, girl on the local news. (laughs) I will say in the match, the two spots that were very, like, just you don't see anymore. Once in a while, you you might see a singles uh, working in the hamstrings, but the the double rowboat uh, to work on the inner thigh muscles of the ladies that were taken down. And I don't know if it was, if you guys popped, but I popped hard watching the show during the the double figure four leg lock just shocked to see that wear down hold first of all on yeah. and number two again just being so accustomed to my experience in wrestling the how quiet it was because the crowd wasn't flipping out and going woo 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 as mm. the girls were applying the figure four so you know good stuff a- entertaining match for what it was uh, pinfalls just can't kind of came out of nowhere with the jackknife roll up one two three get her and done funny yeah, thing, kevin kevin a good question for you real quick before oh, you go i'm sorry into i it. thought i was talking Jeez, uh, the, man, well man. you know what's funny is i just edit your voice out and then it sounds like you're not talking so um i've got notes on that continue okay um so for the double rowboat move kevin did you pop yeah. for that and then what part of your body popped all of it <laughs> it did that night all of it it's all I, I had a great sense of relief after. Um, the figure four one, though, like you're saying, shocking to see it at all. Not badly done, like not perfect. Not like, you know, this is your, your new finisher, but they didn't do bad putting it on. And we've seen people do it much worse in WWF and WCW when people don't realize how to spin the leg and all. Like, 
I'd give it a five, maybe six for execution out of 10. But I've certainly seen like twos and threes on WWF TV for it. So we follow up that match with an easy as KGB segment with Nanachka. Of course, once again, Vladimir calls and she's talking to a major. Is she talking to Major Tanya? Not sure she's talking to Major Tanya. I don't know. Maybe she's getting slipping into something comfortable to extend a drink. But they're talking about aerial photographs. Aerial photographs of what? Who knows? But wanting to make sure the Major was definitely all eyes and all ears to to her advances. That's not what I thought they were talking about. No, I thought it was Major Tanya. And she was worried there were uh, intimate pictures of herself and they were areola photos. Thank you. Thank you. There it is. Always got to have one in the group. <laughs> That's the That was going to be my joke, but Kevin Phelps stole it, so I appreciate that, Kevin. Uh, so we follow that up with the shampoo commercial, then we get Country Girl Dates, and then we go to our main event of the evening, which is match number five, which is Godiva, who comes out on a horse. Of course, the horse is led by Beastie, and she is taking on Sally, the farmer's daughter. Very fun intro to the match with Godiva in the straw hat saying that she got a straw hat from uh, uh, from Sally's family. Sally retorts, no, you got it from that horse. And, you know, and Godiva's like, yeah, like someone from your family. Exactly. And then responding back with, never mind, I miss, I misspoke. That's right. Your family comes uh, from a bunch of pigs or something like that. And it was just like, oh, not good at all. Not good this at is, all. I mean, this is Monday Night Raw level writing. Absolutely. Mm. It's just it's crazy shenanigans and banter, witty witty banter, trying to go back and forth between the ladies. The actual match itself, kind of decent for what it was. Of the two farmers' daughters, I, I think Sally is the weaker in-ring worker uh, compared to Babe. I think Babe's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more sound by uh, participating in the ring. Uh, Godiva holding her own ends up taking the fall in the match itself as Sally successfully wins. Thoughts on it, Kev? Godiva is not bad. Like goes out there, does her part well. You know, she's not too bad in the ring. Um, We had that spot last week that we talked about and I'm still not over for it. Um, Sally is usually pretty awful, but she held her own well here. This is the best Sally match so far, by far. You know, she's definitely getting better for it. Maybe from te- teaming with Babe, maybe getting more used to it. I don't know. Maybe Godiva just helped her along a little better. Uh, and you're right there for the beginning, for the promos there. I was expecting uh, expecting uh, Suffer and Succotash to come out. <laughs> awful. Yeah. They're trying, uh, but like, they're trying so hard. They are. Some of them are just spinning it out and don't care, and it's just getting through things. But these two actually really tried to get it over and just stumbled all over it and kind oh, of. They make got it a main work. event. They got a main event spot. Uh, you're right. Maybe maybe they main event jitters. You know, a little, a little more, a uh, little more uh, oomph in their in their effort sure, tonight. Sure, it wasn't the main event during the taping. Again, it's clearly <laughs> obvious this is cut and paste, and we're just moving matches and whatever to get. 48 minutes of actual playtime or whatever it is uh, to fill an hour-long spot on television. So the match starts itself with Godiva hitting a running drop kick into Sally as Sally uh, attempts to attack Godiva for the comment about 
the the hat coming from her family and her family's you know from pigs and so on. Sally ends up recovering, climbing on Godiva's shoulders to set up for a victory roll, but she turns it into basically a head scissors, what the crowd or what the announcer calls as a cheerleader roll. It's basically a double victory roll. The second in the roll kind of looks like it spiked Godiva's head pretty hard in the canvas. Sally ends up holding on to her uh, Godiva's head with a set of head scissors, but eventually Godiva does escape. Sally is able to do a standing Boston crab, uh, pulling back on Godiva's legs, but Godiva powers out, causing Sally to flip over onto her back. Godiva and recovers with a corner Irish whip and hits the equivalent of a Bronco buster, but straddling over the top uh, buckle, uh, the top ropes themselves. Uh, Sally's able to escape and eventually does a head scissors takedown. Sally does a corner Irish flip and follows up with a corner monkey flip to take Godiva out over on the mat. The girls are essentially now rolling back and forth over each other, trying to get each other in a pinning position, uh, trying to uh, get an overhanded advantage here. Multiple referee, two counts. Both girls end up kicking out of each other's attempt at a pinfall. After that rollover melee, Godiva is capable of doing a scoop slam to Sally. Godiva with a corner Irish whip, and she does a victory roll into a farmer's roll. Sally does, I should say, a victory roll into a farmer's roll. Sally recovers with a corner Irish whip, but Godiva ends up reversing the Irish whip attempt by Sally. But she bends over too early and telegraphs a back body drop attempt. Sally responds with a sunset flip reversal, rolling up Godiva for the big one, two, three pinfall victory. Your winner through sunset flip off of a reversal of an Irish whip was Sally, the farmer's daughter. Whether it's babe or Sally, I'm a big fan of the farmer's roll move just for how ridiculous it is. It was cut a little short for this one. Uh, Godiva's Bronco Buster they called the Buckingham Bounce, which I might enjoy as a name more. But you're, I, I think you're skipping over the most important thing in the match here. The biggest thing. Did either of you notice the announcer constantly calling Godiva fat throughout the match? Making tons of weight jokes. Like this was Mickey James level, you know, Piggy James level weight jokes throughout the match. Now, granted, unlike Mickey James, when Godiva left for the night, all of her stuff was not returned in a garbage bag, much like Mickey James's stuff was returned by WWE. Educator, um, once the podcasts are up to date, you'll hear all about it. <laughs> but treats may have seen it on Twitter. Yeah, and Triple H tweeted out that they fired the guy. That Kevin Dunn? Bruce Pritchard? Whoever bagged, whoever bagged everything up and sent it to him. Oh, you mean whoever's taking the fall for it? Whoever bagged <laughs> everything up and sent it to him. I mean, yeah, whoever's taking the fall for it. But anyways, so they're calling Godiva nice. fat. <laughs> but like, it, 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 for a moment, did he have either of you thought Godiva is fat for a second? And I mean, granted, maybe her outfit is a bit more revealing and, you know, doesn't hide anything. But to call her fat continuously through the whole match, like for what purpose? For what angle? And and it's not even being, you know, like, oh, let's make fun of the heel. It's just insulting. I actually I actually make a note in the next episode that the commentary has gotten really mean. Very. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there Especially- there's something where they're talking about in the next episode uh, with Big Bad Mama. 
which yeah. I'm just like, this is just really bad. Yeah. And it makes Big Bad Mama the face, in my right. opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, if you're making comments about like Yokozuna's weight, Mabel's weight, I'm just thinking of like other ones through this, that kind of makes more sense. And, and to make comments about like Big Bad Mama's weight or Mountain Fiji would make more sense, but you still don't cross a certain line, which I agree. I think the spot you're talking about coming up later crosses a line. And anyone that's, I'll say, average, like Godiva here, just shut up. Yeah. Heal or not doesn't progress anything. See, that's why I say complimentary things to all the ladies. And thank you to all the ladies who are listening today. Hello, Karen. How are you? <laughs> probably is it. And maybe Leslie. No, you probably gave up when the wrestling talk started. Yeah, she doesn't like wrestling talk. Yeah, yeah I don't blame her. I don't blame her there. She's already um, gone. Yeah. Yeah, she left after you want to tell the exfoliating story, Kevin. So. <laughs> you had one job, man. In the Retro Network VIP lounge. <laughs> Let's just say don't rub something vigorously <laughs> with exfoliating oil because it may peel later. <laughs> I didn't what know. What you rub on your body at your home is whatever. I'm just saying. I didn't know, nor did she. Till it was too late. Chafing, man. Oh, it's raw skin. It was like Ugh. Damien was shedding in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we move on? We have a mirror, mirror on the wall segment, and then we get our don't drink and drive PSA with Hollywood, the credits roll, and then we get Johnny C with Aunt Kitty at the end. The most she's done so far. Quality making the most of her minutes. Johnny C, none too happy about the bill he got from uh, the beauty parlor. And Aunt Kitty's, you know, what do you you mean? I haven't went yet. Why is there a $75 bill? And and Johnny C's like, this is just the estimate. (laughs) Just mean. Mean Mean-spirited. I'm not saying you can't be mean either. And honestly, like Aunt Kitty's kind of a character that does it. But I think it's the, it's the, a good way to do it would be your Bobby Heenan one of like, I will make fun of the people here, the faces, cause I'm a heel, but I'll, I'll also take the hits myself. I'll also be the butt of the joke too. And that takes a lot of the piss out of it. And we're not seeing that in this meanness. There's no payoff. That's what yeah. you're looking for. I mean, there just isn't in, in any of these and that's because they're filmed outside they're not in any order whatsoever that's what makes glow amazing guys all right so i think that's gonna do it for episode nine we did it baby (laughs) we 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 did it so why don't we come back after a few commercials and we talk about episode 10 how's that sound to you guys let's do it all right so we will be back after these short commercial breaks promotional consideration paid for by the following the lights are dim but your eyes are shining There's no other place I'd rather be In 
intoxicated off our fine dining. A couple combo meals from Wendy's. We head back to your place. I still see that smile on your face. Everything is perfect. You inquire to me, what kind of lotion should I use? And I respond with, lotion is lotion. Lotion isn't lotion when you're exfoliating And now the next day I am hating you Because you're peeling back the layers of me And I can't break through your exterior Yes, you're peeling back the layers of me And I just can't break through to you Now I'm laying here all bare With the layers all around me Wondering how could this be It was only supposed to be between me and you. Now the whole world can see. Lotion isn't lotion when it's exfoliating. And now I am hating you. Lotion is in lotion when it's exfoliating. All right, and we are back. And you know where we should get started? Right in the glow locker room. I'm already there. I actually, this was the one time where I actually laughed at the joke. I thought it was funny with with Justice and talking about her wrestling ability. (laughs) I thought that was actually a good joke. Uh, but once again, we run down the card, we get our shampoo commercial, we get Tiffany's glow gossip, we get our glow intro rap, and then we go right into match number one on the card, which is Stinky taking on Cheyenne Share. So we get the return of Stinky, the, I guess, skunk princess. New she York street like, punk. There it is, street punk skunk princess here against Cheyenne Share, who is looking a lot different from the last episode we just reviewed. No longer the uh, cheerleader with Vicky Victory. Definitely in her powder blue Indian princess garb. So again, we're seeing a very different version of the character being played. Uh, good back and forth match. I'm actually, I'm very into into the stinky character. I just, she's, it's, it appears it's, it's a new thing for her. She's still trying to get herself 
uh, comfortable in the ring performing. There is at one point, there seems to be a botched spot, and I think Cheyenne Share gets frustrated, and there might be a little bit of shooting, slapping, pushing back and forth, awkwardness in the middle of the match itself, and then finally they kind of get back onto the same page, and they end up going into the sequence that leads to the finish. And it's weird, too, because, I mean, we've talked about taping out a sequence. We've talked about all sorts of things here. But, like, Stinky has this match, the previous match. She's not in the group rap at the start of the show. She doesn't have a tag team partner, as far as we can tell. Um, She didn't show up for the Battle Royal stuff or anything before. She's just, like, randomly there and then never again. It's like she made one night of tapings and she's interspersed sporadically through here. Educator, why don't you why don't you go ahead and break this one down? So we see the start of the match with the girls trying to hit opposite ropes of one another and then charge at each other in the middle of the ring. We see Cheyenne Shear end up hitting, being successful, hitting a back elbow, knocking Stinky off of her feet. Stinky recovers and is able to do a monkey toss to send Cheyenne Shear towards the opposite corner. We see Stinky climb to the top rope and essentially almost do a seated senton or a very high. Uh, basically like Luthez press jumping off of the second uh, corner turnbuckle, second rope onto Cheyenne Cher. Cheyenne Cher eventually recovers, does a monkey toss of her own or monkey flip, and then sends uh, Stinky into the ropes with a Irish whip and then catches her and gives her a big scoop body slam. We see another Irish whip attempt by Cheyenne Cher, but Stinky is able to do a reversal. Uh, and then Cheyenne Cher ends up catching Stinky back instead with a hip toss, sending Stinky to the canvas. Stinky gets up and hits the ropes again and essentially hits a cartwheel body press onto Cheyenne Cher to take her down, gets a two count from the referee. We see Stinky with a corner Irish whip, and this is where the weird, awkward, botched maneuvers occur uh, where Stinky was maybe supposed to charge with a running clothesline or a forearm, but both girls end up botching, and then there's confusion as to what to do. The girls are pushing back and forth, uh, shoving each other, trying to figure out how to get the momentum back up. We see Cheyenne Shear figure things out and does a pile driver attempt to Stinky, but Stinky ends up countering with a back body drop reversal. Cheyenne Cher does a gymnastics bait-like cartwheel and hits a big splash onto a down. Stinky gets a two-count from the referee. We see Cheyenne Cher catching Stinky with a fireman's carry into a Samoan-like drop or throw. Then she hits a pretty decent-looking standing moonsault in the ring onto Stinky and does get a pinfall. One, two, three. Your winner of the match is Cheyenne Cher. Oh, that's it? We don't talk about post-match? Stinky biting Cheyenne Cher's leg? Oh, it's awful. Second second biting? Beastie and this one. I think that's it. Um, I I feel bad for Stinky. Whatever her, her booking, her deal, her whatever. Like, she's not bad. It's an interesting gimmick. She's cute. You know, she's fun and all. And she's just nowhere to be found. I'm not quite sure what's happening here. Cher and... and in her Native American gimmick, or as I put in my notes, in her awesome blue outfit. I like this outfit much better than Cheerleader one. Uh, talk about her flips, her tumbling, her gymnastics, her agility, all of that. But also, the moves she's doing to Stinky here, deceptively strong, too. Right. 
Like, Sherry's actually really strong. She's got a good body slam here. Uh, picks up Stinky. Stinky does that tilt-a-whirl, but, you know, they both have to be going for it. Um, but she goes for a pile driver. The firemen's carry it then. Like, really, really strong to be pulling all this stuff off on Stinky. Because you got to imagine, and, and we talked about before with, like, Mountain Fiji and MTV there, Cher, being the better talent here, is probably doing more of the work and using more of her own strength here for it. So I don't think it's like a 50-50, you know, using some of Stinky's strength as well. That was actually hard to say. <laughs> um, Of course, I'm a huge fan of Cheyenne Cher. Anyone that's listened knows that. Fantastic, beautiful, excellent work here and all. And I'm just like, Stinky's becoming my underdog. Like, I just feel bad for her. I want, I want more for her want to see more i'm kind of wondering what happened like the inner workings of glow that have caused her to be so seen so sparsely here um star however does not get that from me though <laughs> i think his stinky shows potential and star just feels like a waste well the good thing is with glow kevin you're gonna have so many answered questions in later episodes so oh good good yeah everything that you ever wanted to know about them will be about glow but we're afraid to ask yeah absolutely nice so uh, let's follow that up with Dr. Feel and Grope talking with Nanachka. Um, I actually popped hard for the joke here with the doctor asking Nanachka to date date his sex therapist. <laughs> Nanachka's like, sorry, I don't do charity work. You know. You know, you laugh, you laugh, but it hurts when someone says it to you. <laughs> uh, so then we get Hollywood Daisy and Star in the locker who, room. Oh, Star, another Star appearance. Yeah, isn't that Star? It it was. It was. She's just, you know, seen so infrequently there. I know. Uh, then we get a shampoo commercial, and then, of course, Zelda Zinger. And then we go to match number two on the card. Now, I have a question for you guys, match number two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've seen Liberty, and we've seen Justice before. Who is Sarah and Mabel? Where did they come from? Because they've been demanding this match for weeks, they said. I All don't right. know if they're from a previous season or and what, it, what is their, gig, what is their, their gimmick? The hoodlums. I, I said that they were like the real Southern version of the Godwins with hoods. I'm interested in if it's somebody that we've seen characters that we know of that are under the hoods. We just can't tell who they are. I have a question. If the mystery machine was on this, and they unmask. <laughs> Would this be Dave Hellions? It could be Dave Hellions. Under his white hood? There's two, though. So do we have a Dave Hellions and, a, and another one? There's another persona? <laughs> a not Dave Hellions? A not Dave <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen these people Jimmy before. Jimmy Jam Hellions? <laughs> Jimmy, Jim. Jimmy Jam Hellions. <laughs> It is now. It is now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, these people have not been. We have not seen them. They must be from other episodes, I would guess. No, we've seen Mabel and then your house series. Oh, oh. that makes sense. Um, Who's the third man? <laughs> for Glow season one or two, uh, there was a like housewives gimmick. They had their hair in rollers. They had like the face mask on, you know, that they would fall asleep to and all. Um, probably came out to the ring with like rolling pins, stuff like that. It was, it was supposed to be just your, you know, comedic, stereotypical, angry housewife gimmick. And apparently that 
morphed into this Sarah and Mabel gimmick and they're they're hiding their faces because they're not done up or or something like that. Not having season uh, this this is the little bit I was able to find out because I was curious too. So it's supposed to be an offshoot from that gimmick, but new enough for season three as well. I do also think it's people that we've seen before just doing this. I was trying to match like like hair, body type, ability, anything. I'm not totally sure who it was, but who yeah, is the, who is the black scorpion, Kevin? Sting. <laughs> <laughs> liberty. Justice. <laughs> We're coming for you. All right. Why don't, educator, why don't don't you go ahead and break down this match, but do it in that voice? (laughs) I knew it. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our Kevin Hellions, gorgeous ladies of wrestling hot tag. Mr. Hellions, take it away. God. As soon as I saw racism, I knew it was going to be the hot tag. Well, you got racism, pies, and handcuffs. That's all up your alley, man. Saturday night. I mean, isn't that a Google search of yours, Kevin? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a song from my college jam band. Jimmy Jam's band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I walked right into that one. <laughs> Just like it's all a right. garage door. Like a garage Like a garage door. <laughs> I'm going to have to loop the music again now. (laughs) So for those of you newly listening, brought over from our crossover of Fat Outs with Wrestling, welcome. Once per episode, these two get together and decide to pick a match that I have to give the play-by-play for. Now, as I'm watching the shows, I just take little notes for myself to remind me of things here, so they're not as extensive as the educator's notes, and they do have my own little quirks and tendencies and humor in them as well. So here we go for my notes for this match. No DQ, no referees. Liberty and Justice versus Sarah and Mabel. Why are there buckwheat and alfalfa signs? Let's just start there. These are two girls we know under the mask, right? The heels uh, beat the faces in the corners and then run them together. More beatdowns in the corner and then a reversal. Sarah chokes Justice. Mabel handcuffs Liberty to the corner. Justice holds on to Sarah's leg. We have a double team from the heels onto Justice. Mountain Fiji comes out to find the key to the handcuffs. Uh, I apologize. I am reading my notes. Where the fuck did the pie come from? <laughs> exactly! <laughs> and there were multiple pies! There were multiple! Liberty takes pies in the face. Why? When did they tie? When did they tie up Justice? Fiji frees Justice too. The faces come back with the double body slam. Faces are going to unmask Sarah and Mabel, but Beastie and Cabana come out to save their mask. Double, no quadruple clothesline from the faces. Sarah and Mabel are down, Beastie and Abana are put on top of them, and then Liberty and Justice place their feet on top of the pile of heels for the win. Liberty and Justice break the Our Gang Buckwheat and Alfalfa posters, and then Beastie eats some of the leftover pie. <laughs> Sounds about right. 
And that has been your Kevin Hallian's Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling Breakdown. So, on a previous episode, we saw Beastie come out with a spear for Justice and ask her which tribe she's in. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. And now we have Justice coming out to be confronted with the giant posters of Alfalfa and Buckwheat implying that that's her and her partner Liberty here. Oh, you gosh. only have one black person on the show. Mm-hmm. No. That's not true. I, I'm convinced Big Bad Mama is a very light-skinned black woman. Oh, fair. I think she is. Do you think anyone's going to come out and say that stuff to no, her, though? Yeah, no. I, mean, I want to say it to Justice. Yeah. Justice is third third or fourth biggest person on the roster. Like, it, da- her and Daisy, you know, one's third, one's fourth. Yeah. There. I'm not quite sure. Justice, I'd say, is more intimidating than Daisy, though. Yeah. But you don't have, like... Justice is your biggest POC person here, and let's just crap on her every chance we get. It's crazy. I just, in the amount of stuff that she deals with or had dealt with, yeah, has, been has a, lot a face of too. And it makes me wonder like, what did we miss season two? What are we going to miss when we finish this and not go on to whatever future seasons? Oh, I, I want, even if we don't do it for a show, I want all of Glow. Four seasons. There's a, there's a pay per view at then too. I want all of it. I want to know all of this long-term booking and planning. <laughs> but I want to see every horrible moment. Maybe they were trying to um, frame her as like the junkyard dog of the group. Of the Maybe. Federation. And she comes out to grab them pies. <laughs> Where did they come from? Under the ring? Did someone bring them out off camera? Probably Beastie's Beanery. Probably. Probably. Earlier in the earlier in the night, we saw the patron like all concerned because his his alphabet soup spelled out help. So you know, I mean, I'm sure that's what Beastie's Beanery was doing, catering for the match. You stole it. That was my favorite line. Of I thought Beastie's Beanery was like a coffee place, and he's getting soup. He's getting. He got alphabet soup that day. Did you ever have a venti chicken noodle from Starbucks? <laughs> throwing it out there. Um, so why don't we follow that up with Godiva's Bear Facts? We get Mountain Fiji and Zelda, and then we get MTV's Glow Connection. Woo! All right. And we go to match number three on the card and match number two for racism. It is Big Bad Mama taking on Tulsa. Uh, Kevin, question for you. Yeah. Did did you enjoy Tulsa's riding display? Oh, he did that night. I'm... I uh, put my Photoshop limits to the test with it. How did it go? It got the job done. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? I, I'm, I'm struggling with Tulsa, the woman playing the character. She's like a mom in this or like late 30s early 40s and then when we see her with like the country dates she just looks so much older than the farmer's daughters and she's trying to play kind of like not necessarily a teeny boppery like gimmick here but it's it's just i'm trying to wrap my and because it's just my lack of background with glow like was she there all four seasons and she's kind of like the veteran like mama, you know, of the entire roster here. It's just the 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 character itself and the portrayal of the character by 
to me, what comes off as a much older woman, very different than the rest of the roster. It, it's just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it and understand it. I, I mean, you're asking, you know, is, is she a mom? But if you saw her under the voodoo curse riding the turnbuckle, that's how she got to be a mom. Right. Like, to me, it's just like she like could be Sally or Babe's like mother in real life. You know, I'm I'm seeing this girl like she's probably in her like late, late 30s, early 40s, probably early 40s playing this character. At least she looks that way. And it's just it's crazy. Her outfit. I mean, she's she's not doing the spandexy thong. She's got a full back right. on her gear. And then she's got like a covering like a, a poofy dress like skirt covering her back end. She, she's just she's just to me she comes off as a lot older playing this kind of gimmick itself so and, and I mean, she's, she look- she's not like older like aunt kitty older but definitely different than the major rest of the girls on that roster and and she doesn't look bad or at all it's just in comparison you're like one of these things is not like the other it's like the steve buscemi meme and she's coming in like hello fellow glow teenagers What's going on here? But, you know, yeah, it's kind of weird. She's out on the date with her, with Babe. What would you call her? Tulsa, the farmer's mother? Yeah, I think, I honestly think she's probably 10 years older. But those girls are so young. Sally and Babe are got to be early 20s. So she's probably early 30s. So anyways, educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us? So, start of the match. Tulsa gets on the microphone with uh, Johnny C and starts making fun of Big Bad Mama, talking about how disgusting she is, how big she is. That, that's just a lot of grade A prime beef. I'm glad Big Mom, but Bad Mama wasn't having it. She just goes ahead and attacks Tulsa from behind, gives Tulsa a big uh, back body drop as uh, Tulsa attempts to uh, rebound back. Tulsa ends up hitting a running drop kick onto Big Bad Mama from behind and ends up climbing onto Mama's back. Big Bad Mama ends up beeling Tulsa um, over the top rope and out towards the floor. We see at one point Big Mad Mama tossing a bunch of voodoo dust into Tulsa's face. And all of a sudden it causes Tulsa to kind of become catatonic and under Big Bad Mama's spell. Big Bad Mama kind of forces her to run around ringside around the apron around the posts. And eventually she climbs up and mounts the top turnbuckle in one corner and pretends to ride it like she's riding a a buck and bronco or a steer. Big Bad Mama ends up tossing Tulsa from the turnbuckle into the ring. And that body drop ends up breaking the spell. But Big Bad Mama is not aware of it. Apparently, Tulsa was wearing a Lucky Horseshoe uh, necklace, and the Lucky Horseshoe necklace allowed to finally break that spell. So Tulsa now is beginning to fake that she is under still the spell from the bad Big Bad Mama's voodoo dust. Big Bad Mama ends up thinking that she's still under control, causes Tulsa to climb up to the top turnbuckle, and again start jumping up and down on the top turnbuckle again, bronking the corner turnbuckle. We see Tulsa end up losing her balance and falls off the top rope onto the ring apron, but ends up climbing back up again. Tulsa ends up hitting a crossbody off the top onto Big Bad Mama, goes for a pinfall attempt, but is not very successful. Big Bad Mama is able to actually recover first from receiving the the cross off the top rope body block 
and ends up hitting a big scoop slam onto Tulsa and then hits the big splash. Big Bad Mama with a one, two, three pinfall victory over Tulsa. Here's the long-term booking and planning I've been looking for. Big Bad Mama's voodoo is the only consistent storyline or progression in all of GLOW. Uses the voodoo, dances Tulsa around, Tulsa with the horseshoe, which apparently cancels it, it out. So we have, you know, these these icons, these talismans being used to counteract the voodoo for, and honestly, like Tulsa for abilities for the ring ropes for the turnbuckles was asked to do too much there on top. So I was waiting for it to slip. Like I knew it was coming. I saw it was coming. I think everyone did, but they played it off as part of the match, pretending that mama caused her to slip and Tulsa, even though she's not under the voodoo spell is still pretending she is. So she has to go ahead and do it too great covering up for a botch move here. It was really well done. A lot of good stuff for it, but like, so this is your only story, you know, Tulsa, who we we have certain issues with mom. I got, she plays her role. Well, I got no problem with it. No, she's not like, you know, five-star athlete or anything, but she, it's not supposed to be for what she, what her character is. She's doing a perfect job for it. It was great. That splash is maybe we've seen probably one to 2000 splashes and glow so far in the 10 episodes we've seen. That is the biggest one we've seen so far by far. Absolutely. I'm like, Oh, the match is done. That has to be the finish of the match. No way. Cause people don't sell or anything. People are kicking out stuff left and right and glow. Nope. That was then. Um, question though. And, and maybe it, it's that storyline that I'm looking for here and something happening. Did Mama steal the horseshoe at the end too? I was kind of, I was fairly sure she picked it up and walked yeah, away. Yeah, she picked it, it up so and we, walked away. Yep. In, in like five more episodes, we might have a continuation of this where maybe Tulsa's back under your control and she doesn't have her horseshoe to counteract anymore. Becomes Mama's, you know, slave or property or something, her toy. I'm going to guess no, that will not happen. <laughs> but it's good thinking, Kevin. It's good thinking. Um, so, anyways, we follow that up with Beastie's Beanery. Uh, Thunderbolt and Justice are talking. We get a shampoo commercial. And that, whoa, guys, changing the format. We're getting country what? girl dates earlier. Oh. In the night. Usually that's segment like nine. It's a little earlier. But, anyways, we go to match number four on the card, which is Gremolina with Daisy and Evangelina taking on Mountain Fiji and Little Fiji. Uh, first time we've seen Little Fiji. Of course, she was in season one and two. Uh, what'd you guys think of this uh, handicap match? Little Fiji could have been Mrs. Educator 2.0. Let me tell you. <laughs> was, was very much liking that island lady right there. Oh, I baby. I not expect that. Oh, baby. Uh, fun little match. Like the idea of the handicap stipulation. Finally getting Gremlina in the ring involved in a match where she finally uh, can either show what she's capable of doing or the faces can get their comeuppance on her. In this case, the faces certainly took advantage of having Gremlina involved in the match rather than the outside interference. Fun little match, essentially. Never was truly an actual tag itself. It was more like a tornado the entire time. Uh, fun finish at the match for the match itself. 
with the double team maneuver, kind of like an homage to the British Bulldogs with uh, the big press slam into the bow, you know, the big splash itself or attempt for the big splash itself. Only thing that just seemed weird is how Gremlina ended up scurrying out of the pile, but didn't attempt to break up the pinfall attempt. And the match itself just ended. Yeah. And I thought maybe Gremlina sneaking out was to set up the thing that happens to her later, but that doesn't make sense either. I, I don't know. I was confused by it. Um, also confused. Like where's little Fiji been this whole time too. Right. And I think she's in the glow wrap at the beginning. I think she's like uh, off to the uh, in the front, but way to the left. side. Yeah, yeah. She can't wrestle worth a damn though. My favorite, you know what I like? My favorite moment of of Little Fiji is it's when she strips on top of the ECW arena. <laughs> uh, it took about seven years later for her to get there, but hey, she did oh. all right. <laughs> all right, uh, educator, why don't you creepily break down this one? So this. I had alluded to earlier that it's super obvious that the tapings are essentially cut and pasted together in whatever random order. You saw the obvious difference in the crowd in uh, Hellion's match that he called with Justice and Liberty versus Sarah and Mabel and how the place was practically empty during that particular match. Here, this is like WrestleMania crowd for glow. (laughs) I mean, the place was packed. And the crowd was hot, and they were into the match itself. Uh, Just very, very involved, very animated, the crowd itself. We see the start of the match, a little Fiji involved and hitting a running drop kick onto Evangelina. Mountain Fiji is now being double teamed by Gremlina and Daisy. Uh, But she's able to overcome and ram Gremlina and Daisy's head together, a double headbutt. Mount Fiji does a corner Irish whip to Daisy and throws her into Evangelina, ends up trapping the two in the corner and does multiple body press avalanche-like splashes onto both. While Mountain Fiji is working on Daisy and Evangelina in the corner, we see off to the side that little Fiji is now beating up uh, Gremlina on the mat. Daisy and Evangelina attempt to overcome and try to work separate arms on Mountain Fiji, kind of doing the Andre the Giant trapped in the middle. Both of the characters are trying to pull Andre apart, but Andre overcomes. We see Mountain Fiji do the same thing. She's able to lock both of the two heels uh, and grab them together and knock their heads together um, and ram them down to the canvas themselves. We see Mountain Fiji clothesline Evangelina uh, end up toss, uh, tossing the momentum of her, causing her to fall through the ropes onto the floor. Mountain Fiji does a body slam to both uh, Evangelina and Daisy. She ends up stacking Evangelina on top of Daisy, and then Gremlina tries to attack Mountain Fiji, but Mountain Fiji ends up slamming Gremlina onto the other two ladies. So now there's a big pile of the three heels in the middle of the canvas. We see little Fiji start running the ropes, and eventually she runs towards Mountain Fiji, who attempts to pick her up to do a press slam, but it ends up being like basically a crossbody throw where she throws little Fiji on top of the pile of the three heels. So little Fiji is going for the pin, but Gremlina escapes from the pile and stands up right next to the pinfall attempt but then goes over to the ropes and kind of leans on the ropes and doesn't make any effort to break up the pinfall itself. So the winners of the match are Mountain Fiji 
and uh, little Fiji getting the pinfall victory post-match Evangelina and Daisy roll out to the floor and now Gremlina is essentially surrounded by Little Fiji and Mountain Fiji. Mountain Fiji grabs Gremlina, kind of bends her over her knee, and then proceeds to spank Gremlina a few times in the match. And the segment cuts off with Little Fiji and Mountain Fiji standing victorious in the ring. Like, we gotta agree that Mountain Fiji is just super protected, right? I mean, she can't do much, but she's she's an attraction. She's very friendly. She's like, crowd loves her and all, but she's totally Kevin, protected can I just, here. I just want to point out, you say she's protected. She never loses a match during the whole GLOW series. Well, and that's what it's going for. Like, I'm shocked they didn't try to put title on her. Yeah. Well, like, her, just health her... Was, her health was getting bad. But um, Lil Fiji isn't doing much either. For like, she doesn't have to do, have to do much for, I, honestly, for I think the Daisy's educator. The best, I think Daisy's the best wrestler on the match here, and I, I wouldn't have put Daisy in you know a, a top list previously, but for this batch of it, she absolutely is. Um, it's just it it's a showcase for Mountain Fiji. Really, is all that this match is. Uh, you don't even need Little Fiji in here. She doesn't do it anything you could have mountain fiji beat up three women here and have the exact same match for it um good showcase uh honestly this could be like you know we talked about how it was booked this could be a main event for a live crowd send them home happy they saw something interesting they saw a spectacle you know fun end for everyone getting pinned there but that's about it i i i might be the least impressed i was with any action here tonight um, so we followed that up with an easy as KGB segment. Of course, Vladimir calls Nanachka during it, and she's talking to Mr. Speaker. Uh, we get a shampoo commercial. Then we get our Mountain Fiji dream sequence with Tiffany Mellon. So um, they've switched some things around. Usually that would have been in the spot that was previous for, um, what was it? For the, for the country girl dates yeah that would have been in the country girl date spot usually um and then what is in the country girl date spot after like the main event is actually like the cheyenne sheer indian folklore so little changes but nothing crazy um but this leads to our main event of the evening it is rocky astor versus nanachka for the glow crown and this is where I wrote commentaries being really mean, especially to Nanachka now. I don't know if I just didn't notice it too, too much in this particular match. I know that, again, with Roxy and doing the the rich, spoiled, rich girl, you know, gimmick itself, she, again, is coming off as a heel. When Nanachka ever comes to the ring during her entrance, like the, she's super into high-fiving members of the you know, people in the crowd, kids are running up to her, you know, girls are running up to her. She's high fiving and so on. She's, she's great. And I just, I don't understand why the, why commentary, I guess was, would, would be so harsh on her. She's like the star of the show. So the the announcer is calling her fat too. I think like saying she's, she's getting used to the American food or something like that. That's just crazy. 
No, I didn't like, pick I, up on that at all. Wow. Like, you know, we'll make jokes and comments and even stuff like crapping on the ring work. I'm not crapping on any individual here. You know, we're making comments for characters, for the storyline, for what, you know, they were trained to do or not, you know, or not trained at all for. But nothing is against any of the people. A fat joke is. That's against the actual person playing the role. And I think that's a line and a big difference for it. And for no good reason either. Not like a, you know, Poppy Heenan being a heel, playing up something else, not, you know, to get heat, nothing. It's just to be mean. That's it. Yeah, like I said, if there was a payoff to it, it'd be different. Yeah, but there isn't. There isn't. So anyways, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down our main event? All right. So we see the start of the match with Nanachka, Colonel Nanachka, by the way, in case you weren't remembering by the, the major Tanya gimmick, Colonel Nanachka. Nanachka hits a drop kick. Uh, as she's hurtling herself over the top rope to hit Roxy Astor with her feet, Nanachka hits a second running drop kick and then drops a knee on a prone body of Roxy Astor. Roxy Astor is recovering and is able to do a side headlock, but Nanachka is able to take Roxy down with a leg sweep. The girls are essentially rolling all over the canvas, jockeying for position, trying to get an advantage on each other. At one point, we see Nanachka kind of do like a headstand into a splash on top of Roxy's body. She gets a one count from the referee. She attempts to do another handstand into a splash again, but uh, Roxy ends up kind of kicking her over kind of like a monkey flip. Roxy ends up recovering and is kicking and stomping a down Nanachka. At one point, we see Roxy hit a corner Irish whip, but Ninochka ends up doing her Ric Flair flip-flop floozy over the corner turnbuckle, lands feet first on the apron. As Roxy attempts to charge towards Ninochka, who's on the canvas, Ninochka just winds up and does a kind of a stiff slap right across Roxy's face. Ninochka then pushes Roxy in the corner and Roxy's kind of like holding her face like she's selling maybe that her eye got scratched from that face slap or whatnot. And in a shocking move that I wasn't expecting, uh, Ninochka just winds up and football punts hard Roxy Astor right in the groin, right in the vag. uh, And just Roxy just... Falls right over, doubles over right there, right on the canvas itself. We see uh, Ninochka after that vicious punt. Roxy eventually recovers, climbs up to the second rope, and hits a sunset flip onto a prone Ninochka. Gets a two count from the referee. We see Ninochka with a bunch of stomps after her recovery and a monkey flip. She hits a running leg drop onto a prone Roxy Astor. Nanachka gets up and attempts to do a second running leg drop, but Roxy rolls out of the way. We see Roxy ramming Nanachka's head into the corner turnbuckle and is able to also hit a scoop slam to take Nanachka down to the canvas. We see Roxy with an Irish whip and hits a double running chop to Nanachka's abdomen. And the commentary is really selling like, wow, Nanachka's like in jeopardy. This is the most offense that we've seen somebody effectively get on her. But Nanachka is able to recover with a handful of hair to Beal 
Beal Roxy Asher uh, back onto the canvas. And then she gets up and gets uh, a, a unique looking standing neck breaker that she holds into a chokehold for a while and eventually does a stiff drop into like a rude awakening like neck breaker onto the canvas. Nanachka folds up Roxy's legs into a jackknife like pin, celebrates over her as the referee counts with a big one, two, three pinfall victory. Your winner and retaining the glow crown, Colonel Nanachka. Like so far, I think I'd place Roxy Esther just in the middle, average for glow talent. She's not one of the worst ones. She's not one of the best. She's kind of there. You know, nothing against her or anything. But she gets more in with Nanachka than other people have. Like she's had maybe the best showing so far. And then last week's episode, we got the one of Nanachka against Justice, which should have been a main event, should have been a longer match, and she just buries Justice. Who, who you would have thought had a chance here. Like, Roxy shows more. I don't know how or why, and it's nothing against her. It's just, if I was going to list, you know, who would have a good showing against Nanachka, Roxy would not have been up there on that list by any means. You, you mentioned the slap and the, the punt there. Um, Do we think things got a little too real in the match? Do we think it was a receipt? Like, that was stiff. But I can't imagine we're at a place where... They would be doing that. I don't know, though. I mean, maybe if she thought Roxy was trying to show her up, steal her spot, any number of things. I mean, at some point, you got 30 people here, limited TV time, limited exposure, limited money here, limited fame. Absolutely, people are going to get mad at each other. Like, stuff's going to happen in the ring eventually here. I don't know if it's this match or not, but that looked like a hell of a shot there. I felt bad for her. And I just absolutely love, and I, this is my move I want someone currently to steal, Nanachka's pins, where she just folds them right over and is absolutely dominant above them in position. She makes everyone she pins looks weak in the end. No matter how strong they may have looked during the course of the match, they look weak in that pinfall. Absolutely dominating when love it from her. Well, I think Roman Reigns used it at WrestleMania. <laughs> Folded Edge and Daniel Bryan in half. Yeah, pretty much, right? I mean, <laughs> how disrespectful was that? They were they were wearing clothes that covered more, though. Yeah. So Daniel Bryan and Edge. <laughs> um, that look as inappropriate. So we follow that up with Mirror Mirror. Then we get our Shine and Sheer Indian Folklore. Then Credits Roll. And then we get, uh, of course, Johnny C. Uh, he's got no money. And Big Bad Mama wants more money. So. And she pulls out her Johnny C voodoo doll. <laughs> Do you think she's got a voodoo doll for everyone? All the faces and and the uh, company brass. Which is just Johnny C. Yeah. Maybe not her own heels yet. All right. And that does it for episode 10 of Glow, Nanachu's Rain Part 10 in the books. Uh, what did you guys think of these two episodes? I know Educator was uh, sharing his concern earlier in the uh, evening. Lots of... Limited, limitedly, limitedly used talent that we're seeing, you know, maybe given a second or a third go around here and not really doing too, too well. I understand why it makes sense that they're using justice a lot. 
I don't see Justice as a great in-ring performer. I really don't. Her stuff to me looks very weak. Uh, but I understand what the attraction to her, given the fact she is a very tall individual and she's certainly covering uh, a demographic that you want to make sure is, of course, included. I just wish uh, there was the cut and paste that is very obvious. Looking at this episode, it, it, you can tell things are not taped at all in sequence and they are just cutting and pasting things randomly together it's very different in terms of how Ninochka is champions as a single but anytime she's in a tag there's like no acknowledgement that she's like even the champion or anything like that so we're continuing through because this is a whole new thing for me I, I remember watching bits and pieces of this stuff growing up um, in the late 80s themselves, I'm again, I'm probably about 10, 11 years old watching bits and pieces of these on Saturday mornings, probably in between WWF superstars and wrestling challenge and roller games and all that stuff on the WPIX. Um, but it's just looking at it now and looking at it with a fresh set of eyes. It's just interesting to see the dynamic of what what was passable as entertainment uh, by the standards uh, back in 89. It, it there's so much that feels like you have all the pieces here for something a lot better, a lot more fun that could have been something else and you're not putting it together the right way. I kind of wish that, you know, we could rebook it all with the same talent and everything. Like I brought up in the last episode, it would be interesting if we recut this and tried to weave a storyline through the matches much, much better. Did, did different pacing, uh, wasn't so cookie cutter with the Mad Libs intro and all that good stuff. And some of it's not even, like, I could still keep it in the 80s with big hair and excess and costumes and spandex and stuff. But it's just the booking, the pacing, making more interesting stories, merchandising and all. Like, there's so much more that could have been done here to make a more captivating product, but really seems to be like, just throw quick stuff out there, just enough to make an episode. Okay, on for next week. It's it's like this is airing Saturday at noon and Friday at eleven at night. They're finally putting it together. Yeah. So, um, so Kevin, I got to ask you. I forgot to ask you last week. What is your favorite one-liner? Well, Educator did mention one earlier, but I have a second one. I have a backup one. Uh, in the locker room, Vicky asks Cheyenne Cher, "Why doesn't Daisy hit Gremlina back?" And Cher says, "Well, because she's afraid." afraid gremlina might like it that's it that was your favorite one-liner no other than the one mentioned earlier yeah okay um so that's going to do it for us on our show but please go listen to the at odds with wrestling episode where they do their homework and uh they they sit through uh these two episodes as well and i can't wait to hear it i'm excited to hear it uh kevin do you think they're going to enjoy the show Oh, no. No, I don't think they will, which is kind of the part of it. Um, I do feel that Adam <laughs> will fall in love with someone on the show, though. Who do you think Adam falls in love with? Uh, we can't say that because they record after, right? I mean, who who do I want to guess? Did, when do they record? Wednesday nights? The, yeah, because so they would hear this. No, they would hear this. They record so Thursday. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to sway. Yeah, yeah. I have my guesses, though. Um. So, Educator, At Odds with Wrestling is a famous uh, Twitter page. <laughs> oh, really? 
that social media stuff? Yeah. So they're <laughs> online friends. I don't know what that is. So, I don't know what that is. Um, yeah, I'll be listening. I cannot wait for Joe and Adam to break this down uh, later in the night. So um, that's going to do it for us. Educator, anything you want to say to the people out there? As always, uh, a very big thank you to my two co-hosts here. Always fun uh, to get together, chit-chat, shoot the breeze, and reminisce about all retro stuff, including our uh, current series here with retro 80s glow gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, thank you uh, to our listeners here, maybe our new listeners today, uh, with us kind of co-branding uh, an episode here with At Odds as well. By all means, please take a peek at the Retro Network's offerings. They have lots of different things that you can delve into that will pique your interest. And look forward to uh, seeing you guys and hopefully giving us a listen next week uh, when we do episodes 11 and 12. All right, I just want to say, of course, you can follow me online at Maddie Treats. That, once again, is at Maddie Treats. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It's a lot of fun. Thank you to the Retro Network for putting up with us. Thank you to, of course, my two Suji Eating co-hosts, The Educator and Mr. Kevin Hellions. Thank you so much. And, Kevin Hellions, why don't you take us home? All right. Thank you guys for another great show. Thank you to the Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to Tubi for providing the glow content. Thank you to Richard Reader and Jason Gross for our logo. You can follow us across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow me online at Maddie Treats. You can follow me online at Masked Library. MassedLibrary.com is my home blog. Go ahead and check out the show notes for Patreon merchandise on all sorts of cool stuff. And uh, guys, I didn't want to bring it up during the episode. I didn't want to bring it down. Well, are you aware that Hollywood and Broadway Rose got arrested? No, I did not, Kevin. What did they get arrested? Yep. Really? Yep. They um, robbed a Department of Public Works road crew. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't want to believe it either, but when I checked their bags, all the signs were there. All right. On that note, gentlemen, have a wonderful <laughs> night. See you guys next week. I have, I have no words. <laughs> no, no words. All the signs are. I'm there. glad. I'm glad you're 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 happy with yourself, Kevin. Oh, someone has to laugh. <laughs> May as well be me. 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 <laughs> we all did it too. We knew it. It was coming. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.